All right, if you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 18. It's going to be our main text. We have some other verses, but that's going to be our main text this morning. Luke chapter 18. We're going to start reading in verse 35. I just want to give you a little bit of understanding of what we're talking about. This passage actually was the very first passage I spoke out of the day we started Thrive. Our very first service, I talked a little bit about this, and we're going to it a little bit different way, but this is uh, the story of blind Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, and, and I want us to just process through this together this morning based on what we talked about last week, being a follower of Jesus, that more than anything, God has not called us to know everything. God has not called us to, to be able to figure out life. He's called us to be his followers. In other words, that we do whatever the Lord leads us to do. We read last week that for those who are sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God, are sons of God. In other words, we're, we are children of God, and he has given us his Spirit to lead us. And there's something about understanding what it means when you follow someone. You know, if, you're, if you go somewhere and you follow the person in front of you, then as soon as you, as soon as you get behind them, you no longer have to know how to get there. You don't have to, you don't have to know. If, if you are to come to my house and I say, hey, follow me. I don't have to give you directions. You don't have to somehow figure it out. How do I get to your house? Follow me. That's how you get there. If you follow me to my house, you'll get there. The only way you want is if you try your own little shortcut and you don't follow me. If I go straight and you turn, you're not going to make it, especially if you don't know where I live, right? It's the same thing. Sometimes when I walk with God, we know, God, you're leading me, and then we have this thought and this idea of, oh, this would be great, and we veer off. And so last week we talked about the importance of just simply following Jesus. That's what we want. We want to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, if you want to be my followers, you must deny yourself. In other words, don't try to make it on your own. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Deny yourself. Take up your cross, meaning whatever, whatever the cost, I'm following Jesus. No matter what it costs me, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. Take up your cross and follow him. Just just get in line. Just get in line behind him. You know, and, and that's, that's a very simple message. But in the days and times we live in, how easy is it for us to jump, jump ahead and try to figure it all out? So we talked about that last week. This week, though, I, I really feel like that our, I've told you this before. This year, two things is, are the focus of where Thrive is going to be this year. Spiritual growth intentional spiritual growth, and community. And both of those are necessary. But spiritual growth means we are going to grow. And sometimes growing, uh, when it comes to your walk with God, um, sometimes we need to be pushed a little. Sometimes we need to be stretched a little. Sometimes we need to understand that, that we have more room to grow. There's not one person in here that has arrived. I haven't. None of us have. We all can continue to grow in our walk with God and become more and more mature as believers. And that's where we're, that's where we're going. In community, you can't grow without being connected to others. Because there's growth that happens from your walk with God. There's growth that happens from being in the Word. And there's growth that happens from come connecting with other people. And, and that's, that's some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about this, uh, this, this season coming up. 
is, is just growth and community. And some community is just being together. I mean, for those who were there Friday night, man, that was, that was a blast. But that was crazy. I was telling somebody, I was like, we had a bowling night. We had 60 people sign up, over 60 sign up. We ended up with just under 60, I think, that were actually there. Bowling. We took over half the bowling alley. And it was a blast. And I realized, you know what? There was good connections. It was just, it was just healthy to do that. And we have to do that more. And trust me, I have heard from most of you that you want to bowl some more. So we're going to put some lanes in right here. At the, no, just kidding. We're going to, we'll, we'll line it up, see if we can go again. Um, but anyway, I do think there's some things that God wants to do in us and spiritually in our spiritual growth. And some of it is, is change the way we think. Change the way we see things. God, what do you want to show us? What do you want to show us? What, what, are, what are we not seeing that we need to see? Because in your walk with God, there's things that God still wants to reveal to you. Deeper areas, not only in your life that he wants to help you with, but deeper areas about who he is. Do you know, how many of you know God loves you? But can I just tell you, every one of you's hands in the air, you still can't fathom how much. You still can't. Your head would blow up. It's just too much. You can't fathom it. It's, it's, it's way bigger than you think. And that's, that's the part of seeing more and more. Like, God, I just, I just want to see more of you. I want to understand more about you. I want to understand more of who I am with you. Less of all the things I do, but more on who I am, who you created me to be, who you say that I am. And that's where we're going to be heading in our spiritual growth. So let's look at Luke chapter 18. Starting in verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him Jesus the Nazarene was going by, so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see. And he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. You know, as we, as we dive into this, there's things that, even as I'm reading it, that just jumped out to me. But the, the first thing is this. Here's, here's this blind man. He's on the, side of, on the side of the road, and he hears this noise. Things are starting to get louder, and, and he asks. He says, you know, what's going on? He heard the noise of a crowd, and he said, what's happening? And they told him Jesus was going by. And you know what? When he heard about Jesus going by, something happened in him. You know why? Because Jesus was his hope. When he, when he heard that it was Jesus, things changed in him. There was something that he knew 
that if, just like you see in other scriptures, like in Mark 5, where the, the lady that had the issue of blood and been to doctors and spent all her money and gone through all this, if she, said she, if she could just get to Jesus, she knew if she could just get to Jesus, she could be healed. And Jesus was the source of hope for this guy. And in the world we live in, we have so much false hope. We think that if we have this or if we have this, that we're going to be more valuable. Or we're going we're gonna to be able to experience this. As long as, as, long as, as long as I have this, as long as I have this much money in the bank, as long as I have this many friends, as long as I have, you know, people around me, as long as I have this house, as long as I'm part of this group, as long as, and you know what, none of that's going to give you hope. None of it. The only hope that we have is the hope that comes from Jesus. The only hope. And if we want to see things different, I titled this message, The Desire to See, because it's not just, I'm not talking just physically. I'm talking about, I have a desire for all of us that we see what God wants us to see. We see less of what we see in the natural, and we see more of how God sees it. That's not just for the spiritual things, but even how we see people, how we see ourselves. You know, you can see yourself one way. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see when you look and you have to describe who is that person? Are you seeing what you see? Or are you seeing what God sees? Because if you see what God sees, you're going to carry yourself completely different than the way you would carry yourself if you just see what you see. And sometimes when we, because, because whenever I'm around... Everywhere I go, I'm with me. That's deep right there. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I'm with me. And I, I know me. And I know the, the frustrations and the struggles and the things where I could grow in. And if I'm not careful because I see that, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to see, ah, you know, sometimes you still get a little insecure. Sometimes you still get this. Sometimes you still. But if I look through the eyes of Jesus... I see myself different. I see myself as loved, as his beloved, as his son who he's proud of, as a son that he really loves and has great plans for, as a son that he wants to see succeed and prosper and grow and flourish, which are all definitions of what it means to thrive. That's what, I, that's, what I, that's what I see if I look through the eyes of Jesus. And we, we need to understand that Jesus is really, without him, we can never get there. Jesus is, listen, he's your only source of hope. Whatever you're facing, I promise you, if you run from Jesus, you've lost all hope. If you run to Jesus, you gain all hope. Because it's only in him. Look at Psalms 121. I look, to the, I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let me stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. But the Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go 
both now and forevermore. He is your source of hope. Psalms 46.1 says this, God is our refuge and he's our strength. And he's always ready to help in time of trouble. He's always ready. You have hope in Jesus. You have hope in God. Why? Because he is there 24-7. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. And he's always ready to help you. Always ready to help you in time of trouble. If you are in a time right now where there's trouble, I'm telling you, God is right there ready to help you. Right there ready to help. And all in all times of trouble, he's there to help you. Psalms 33, 20 to 22. We put our hope where? In the Lord. He is our help. He is our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Listen, some of you have already found out you can't put your hope in any person. They'll fail you. You can't put your hope in anything but in him. And he will not fail you. His unfailing love surrounds you. Unfailing, not failing. His love will never fail you. Never. So this blind beggar knew right away when he, when he heard it was Jesus, there was something in him that thought, that's where my hope is. But why? Because here's what happened. As soon as he heard it was Jesus, he started yelling. They said, Jesus of Nazareth is going by. So he began shouting. You know what it means to shout? Put a little volume behind it. That's what it means to shout. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I've, I've talked about this, this verse before because they said Jesus the Nazarene was coming by. But see, he knew who Jesus was. It wasn't just Jesus from Nazareth. It was Jesus, the Son of God. It was Jesus, the Messiah. The Son of David is how he referred it, because that's how it is in the lineage of the Messiah. So when it said Jesus, Son of David, he didn't call on the Jesus they talked about. They said Jesus, the Nazarene, the man. He called on Jesus, the Messiah. He said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. There was something in him that knew more about who Jesus was and when he knew that was Jesus coming, even though he couldn't see him, he knew it was him, and he yelled out for him. Here's one thing that the, that the Lord just kind of spoke to me as I was reading this. There is a place, and we'll get to it in a minute, but there is a place for healthy faith that can believe in a Jesus or a God that you can't see. And that's what this blind beggar, he, he believed in Jesus coming by, and it was a Jesus that he couldn't see, but he knew was there. And he called out to him, and he yelled out to him. He shouted, Jesus, have mercy on me. There is nothing wrong with you calling on the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, we should do it more often. To pray and to go to God with the things that we need. To go to God and say, listen, I need help. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Look at John 15, verse 16. 
You didn't choose me, I chose you. This is what Jesus says. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. That's what Jesus says. So he says, listen, when you go to God, you don't have to go in you. You don't have to go in your human, you know, okay, God, I've been good, so maybe I can. No, you go to God asking in, his, in the name of Jesus. It's, it's through Jesus that you have access to the Father. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to me, no one comes to the Father except through me. Our connection because of Jesus is our connection to the Father. And we can go and we can ask. Whatever we ask in his name. Now look at uh, 1 John 5, 14. I always like to put this in there because when we, when we go to God and we're seeking him, then we're going to ask things that line up with what he desires. We are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, we make, when we make our request, we also know he will give us what we ask for. In the one translation that says, when you go and you pray according to my will, you receive the things you pray, you ask for. When you pray according to God's word, this way he says when, you, when your prayers line up with what pleases God. Because sometimes you can pray something and, and, you know, and thank God all of our prayers aren't answered. Only the ones that please God. Because if you've been driving and someone pulled you over, you're like, Lord, just get them off the road. That prayer wasn't answered. And you better be glad because somebody probably prayed for you to run off the road. If you actually pulled in front of somebody else. So every prayer that you pray, but no, when you pray according to the things of God, and your prayer is coming out of your relationship with God, you're going to have those things that you pray for. Because he leads you in what to pray for. Again, you're following him, so your prayers follow him. Everything follows him. And this, this, this blind beggar was sit just, just there and heard Jesus is coming by, and although he had no proof it was really Jesus, he couldn't see Jesus, he by faith still yelled out to Jesus and said, help me, have mercy on me. Sometimes I think it would just be much easier and more simple if we just, when we struggle, just, Lord, help me. I need help. And if we're, remember I said following Jesus is supposed to make life easier for you because you don't have to have it all figured out. You just follow. Follow what he says. Follow where he leads. And that's where, that's where we're going with this. And then here's another thing we learned about, about this, this uh, beggar here, this blind Bartimaeus, is it says, he says, be quiet. I mean, the people turn to him when he yells out to Jesus, son of David. They turn to him and they say, um, will you be quiet? In other words, you're bugging us. The people in front yelled at him. You ever been to a football game and the people behind you are just like obnoxiously cheering? You ever been there and you're kind of like, okay already? That's what the people in front, of, in front of this guy were feeling. They were like, okay, stop yelling. And here's, here's his response. He just shouted louder. And I don't think he shouted louder to make them mad. I think he shouted louder because, okay, now that y'all are yelling at me, I have to be even louder so I can get Jesus' attention. 
Because y'all are, you know, like, I'm just trying to get Jesus' attention. Now i got to speak over y'all because y'all turn around and tell me to be quiet. Can I just tell you something? We live in a world where people are not going to be for you pursuing Jesus. Some people are. But the Bible says, listen, they persecuted me, they will persecute you. In these days, you will suffer. In these days, you will face persecution. You will face difficulty. But he says, but, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So I can help you overcome. But you're going to face difficulty. There's going to be struggles. and There's going to be difficulty and pain. But, this time, but, but he was like, listen, I'm not letting all this come against me to stop me from connecting to Jesus. My hope is there. And if you want something bad enough, you'll go for it. You'll push through the difficulty. You'll push through the struggle. And you'll get there. But you can't listen to everybody. And I'm going to say this very cautiously. So I want everyone just to hear my heart. Don't take what I say and put a period on it. Don't tweet it until you hear everything. But I'm talking about you can't go by everything you hear, even what pastors tell you. Because there are good, strong, loving pastors that still don't have it all together. I'm one of them. I I pray, I, I know that in the 20, however many, 23 full time years of full time ministry, I know over time that I've grown in things that I thought, man, I don't even believe the same I did earlier. I I have grown in my walk with God that things that I thought when I first started, man, I have a whole different understanding of now. So you, you were never meant to just take what somebody says and run with it. Paul talks about it in Acts. He says, listen, you, you, take, you take what is said and you search the scriptures and make sure that what I say lines up with the scripture because this is the ultimate authority. Not me. This. You can't get to heaven and say, well, Scott said... Because God will be like, well, Scott, he tried. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. I'll talk to him when he gets up here. You just relax. He did his best. But we have to, we have to, we have to go beyond just what we, what we hear. And that's why we have to say, Lord, open our eyes because I might see things right now in a way that's not as clear as what you want me to see. And maybe my stance and maybe my belief and maybe everything that I'm thinking I'm seeing, maybe there's more to what I'm seeing. Maybe what I'm seeing is not bad, but maybe there's more to what I need to see. Maybe what I'm seeing right now isn't even even correct. Maybe maybe I just need to see the real deal. It doesn't, I don't know where we are. Some things we could see, we see them wrong. Some things we see could just be, okay, that's true, but this goes right there with it. There's a lot of things as we grow. But it has to do with, Lord, open my eyes and let me see. And don't let me, help me, Lord, not to let people stop me. Because on my journey in faith, I have had people that if I would have listened to them, I'm telling you, even Christians, had I listened to people, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be pastoring this church. I wouldn't have planted a church if I listened to people. 
We can't let people determine our walk with God. We need people to come alongside us and encourage us. We need to make sure that where they're, what they're saying and where they're heading with us is where God is taking us. And we need to be, have our eyes open to see that and see that clearly. Look at 1 Corinthians 4.3. Paul says this, it matters, it matters for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or any other human authority. He even says, I don't even trust my own judgment at this point. In other words, listen people, it's even my own stuff can be all. I can't base everything on what you're saying. Let's keep going. Look at Proverbs 29 verse 25. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. One translation says that if you're more concerned with what people think, that's a very dangerous place to be. It's very dangerous if you're more concerned what people think. Even as a church, part of church growth, and I knew this, when, when the Lord said, I want, we're going to talk about spiritual growth, then here's what it means. Then we're going to grow, and, and we're not going to be able to just talk about those things that make everyone feel good. Well, I take that back. Growing is good. So I'm not saying that you're not going to feel good. Because I think we always need to be encouraged. We always need to be loved. But there is part of an encouragement that comes on said, I want to encourage you to open yourself up to what God has for you. And, and we have to be able to. I can't worry about what everyone thinks, and you can't worry about what everyone thinks. We're going to pursue God, and we're going to let Jesus open our eyes to truth of what's healthy and what's right, and he'll show us. Galatians 1.10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. It's never been about pleasing people. It's been about pleasing God. 1 Thessalonians 2.4, we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He examines our hearts and motives, that we please God. We please God. So, so he had to get past this whole idea of people pleasing and worrying about if, if people didn't like what he was doing. He's calling out to Jesus and they're saying, be quiet. And he said, no, I need Jesus. He's my hope. He's my hope. Can I tell you, the enemy doesn't always come at you and say, stop going for Jesus. Stop pursuing God. You know, he comes at you with slight little distractions. You know what? I know you were going to spend this time here. Why don't you spend it over there? Why don't, you, why don't you do this? Why don't you? Oh, that's not that important. Yeah, you, you, you can miss that. Oh, yeah, you don't, you don't need that. Just, just get busy doing stuff. Go do something for someone instead of spending that time being with God. I mean, he, he'll be slick. He will try to deceive you just to get you off track in your pursuit of God and your walk with God. And, and I'm telling you, even with me, sometimes I can find myself doing the work of the ministry and missing, missing the most necessary part of ministry. It's just me and my walk with God. And I don't want to get to heaven saying, oh, you know how many people I've visited? How many people I prayed for? That's important and that's good. But the number one thing is I need 
to continue to connect with my Savior and my Lord and, and grow. That's what I need more than anything. And honestly, as your pastor, that's what you need. That's what you need for you. But that's what you need for me too. Because you don't want to follow a pastor who's just doing his own thing. You need to follow a pastor who's saying, I'm following God. Remember how Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. That's, that's what we have to be about. Is making sure our pursuit is on the things of God. So here's what happened when he, when he called out. Jesus responded. It says in the scripture that, that Jesus heard him. And he stopped. In other words, he heard him and he was like, connected with them. You know, when you call on the Lord, he hears you. And he stops. And you have his attention. That's, that's, the good, that's, that's the loving part about God. Can we be honest? Yes, we can. I'm going to be honest. Have you, and I'll put myself out there, and I'll pretend like y'all never have done it, but I know every one of you done it. Have you ever had someone that you just, they just kind of frustrated you? Y'all know where I'm going. They frustrate you sometimes. And you're walking, you see them at the store, you see them at the mall, or at a restaurant, and they call your name, and you pretend you didn't hear them? You're walking out the store, pushing your buggy, Scott! And you just go. Has that happened to anyone else besides me? <laughs> okay, we need to just pray right here. <laughs> Lying people. No. But you know what? In the natural, when someone doesn't measure up, we're not, we don't usually understand people to just respond to everybody. But God does. So if you messed up this week, when you call on Jesus, he still stops. And he still gives you his attention. Because he is so in love with you. And it's not based on how wonderful you are as far as your performance. It's based on you're a child of God. So when you call on the Lord, he's like, yes, I'm here. And that's what it is. So look at Psalms chapter 40, verse 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. He turned to me and he heard my cry. See how it says he turned to me. That's how it is. He lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will, will see that he, what he has done, be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. So when David says, I love when he says, he turned to me. He turned to me. In other words, it's like that's, that's what happens when you call on God. You get him. He hears you, and he answers you. And this particular thing, here's what happened. When, when Jesus responded, he came to him, and he said, he, he told the man, he said, come here. And the man came near. Now, Jesus asked him, what do you want for me to do? Now, let me say this first. When he told the man to come here, remember, he's blind, right? So Jesus like, come here. He could have been like, uh, how am I going to get there? But there was, there was nothing stopping him. He had already told the crowd, y'all can, can tell me to be quiet if you want to. But I'm getting to Jesus. And when Jesus said, come here, he came, he got there. And Jesus said to him, what do you want? Down deep, really, what do you want? And here's what he said. 
He said, I want to see. Do you know what my prayer is today for you and for me? For me? God, I want to see. I want to see more than what I'm seeing. I want to see more than just natural. Lord, I want to see supernaturally. I want to see you in a way I've never seen you before. I want to see the things that are beyond me. I want to see the deeper meanings of life, the deeper things of people, the deeper things in me. Lord, I, I want to see. Have you ever said when you go through something, I don't see how this is going to work. I don't see what God's doing here. I don't see how that could happen. I don't see this and I don't see this. Can I just tell you, just go to God and say, God, I want to see. I want to see you for who you are. Because we have so many views of God and it's all based on what people told us. It's all based on what would have happened. If, if something bad happens, we think that's God. That's not God. It's the world we live in. If I walk up and slap you in the face, you can't say, well, thanks, Lord. That's just me being me, being a human. And I, I've just, I, I just, I want us all to just say, God, I just want to see. I just want to see. Because can I tell you, we need to see. Because if people are going to follow us, we have to see so we can follow the one we're following. And I love that prayer. I, I just, it was so simple. It's like, God, I, I just can't see, and I just want to see. I don't want a lot of money. I don't want all the stuff. I just want to see. I just want to see. And with the direction that we're going as a church, I'm telling you, God, it wants for us to go where God is leading us. We're going to have to see things different than we see it now. We're going to have to be open to say, Lord, help me see. Because if what I'm seeing ain't right, I don't want to see it. I want to see you. I want my eyes to be fixed on you. Help me to see. And then here's what happened. Jesus said, all right. Then see. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. He wanted to see. He believed Jesus was his hope. That's why he went to Jesus. He didn't let anybody stop him. He didn't feel like he had to be perfect. He didn't feel like he had to have everything together. He just knew, my only hope is Jesus. And he got to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I just, I just want to see. And Jesus said, okay. Receive your sight. And he was healed. And it says, your faith has healed you. And his faith was connected to Jesus, because Jesus was his source of hope. And his faith in the healer brought about healing, but his faith was there. He trusted. There's going to be times in your journey where we have to be patient and we have to trust that God knows and that God is good. And when we don't always see it, we can still know and trust. Hebrews, Hebrews 11 
Verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I wish sometimes in my natural that I knew every step of every journey. It would have been easier for me to leave my job earlier when, I, when we left it if I knew everything God was going to do and I knew how it was all going to work. But just when the Lord says, hey, he wants you to go and we leave, it, it required us to believe him with things that we have no idea what's going to happen. But see, that's normal with God because it, it, it puts you at a place of trust. And when you trust God and you believe him, then you have nothing. If you can't see it, you have nothing left to do but follow because you can't see him. You can't see how it's going to work. So you're going to have to trust in the one who sees to trust in God. And he'll take you there. So that, there's that whole place of, of faith. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. Hearing the word of God. That's, that's how your faith comes. Not, and it's hearing the things of God, hearing about what God does. It's hearing the word. It all builds your faith. And here's how it builds your faith. It basically, it basically shows you how awesome your God is. And you can believe in a God that that's, that is this good. When you, see, when you see Jesus and you see the Lord for who he is, as you're in the word, it builds your faith. Because you think, I can trust him. Look how, he's, look how he's been faithful. Look how Psalms 37 says, I've never seen any righteous person forsaken. Never. Never have. I can trust that kind of God. I can trust him. And then it says this, and we'll wrap up here. It says, he gave praise to God. Instantly, the man could see. And here's what happened. It says, look at, look at how it says it this way. And he what? He followed Jesus. Part of following Jesus is, is he, he saw Jesus. His eyes were open to see. He saw Jesus. And they followed him. Now that's in a physical sense, but in the spiritual sense too. If we could just see God the way that he is and see who Jesus is and how much he loves us and cares for us, you know what? You're going to follow him because you, your eyes have been open. And you're able to just follow. You're able to just praise God for who he is. You know, Psalms 150 talks about praising the Lord. Verse 6 says, let everything that has breath sing praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything. That, how many of you have breathed in here? If not, we do have a nurse in the back on standby. We have a medical team. They're ready to help you if you're not. But if you are breathing, then you know what you should do? Just praise the Lord for all that he's done and all that he will do. Psalms 146.1, praise the Lord that all that I am, praise the Lord. That's the thing. Now, Here's the thing is most of the time when we praise God, we're praising him. A lot of times when you see praise, it's at the end. Oh, he did this for me. He did this for me. He did this for me. Now I praise him. Paul and Silas, they were in a dungeon. They had just been beat. They were chained. You know what they did? They praised the Lord. And that led to not only their freedom, but it led to salvation led to a lot of things that God did.
because of their willingness to praise. And the cool thing about how this thing then is, is at the very last part of verse 43, it says, and all who saw it praised God too. So you have the blind, the blind guy that was healed, that praised him, and it says everybody else that saw it, and they started praising God because he could see. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise the Heavenly Father. When I read this scripture, the reason I put it here at the end is because if we have our eyes open to see God and to see what he wants us to see so we can go where he wants us to go, it's going to be in such a way that not only do we praise God for what he does and, and, who, and who, what he's done in us, but the people that are part of our journey, people that work with us in our neighborhoods, at our schools, they're going to see something so phenomenal that they don't even praise you. They give the credit to Jesus. They give credit to the Father. Because it says here, they'll see your good deeds but they praise the Father. In other words, what you're doing is beyond you. That praise has to go past you. That's the kind of stuff I think, that's what the world's looking for. Something that's different, something that's, that's, that's not man-made. That's not, that's not just fake or phony, but that's so legit, so real. Then not only do you praise him at the end of something, but you praise him at the beginning, and you praise him in the middle, and you just constantly praise him through it all. It doesn't mean you don't have moments of frustration and, 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 and concern and question. It just means there's something deeper in you that holds on to this hope that you have in Jesus. And, and I'm telling you, it's going to affect people around you. Always, it'll affect them. 